I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So let's talk about how dangerous rhinos are. I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Peter Capstick, but he wrote some really great books all about Africa. And of course, his classic is Death in the Long Grass. And I remember Capstick talking about rhinos in his book. And he said, the thing about rhinos is that they are amazingly stupid. He goes, they call them old dimwit because rhinos are just dumb as dirt. Of course, you don't want to be hit with one charging you, but they are a whole bunch of stupid. Well, rhinos are stupid. And of course, the rhinos that I'm talking about are the Republicans in name only rhinos that constantly make moves in moderation. They're the moderates that the media swoons over. And their moderate actions end up harming our Second Amendment rights. And it just keeps on going. And even though they're warned and they're told, don't do it, the rhinos end up screwing us. And that is what happened with the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Remember the Gun Control Act signed by Biden? And the only reason he could sign this was because rhinos, right, our buddies, so-called Republicans there, a handful of them joined with the Democrats to get this Bipartisan Safer Communities Act passed that was simply gun control. Oh, but no, 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 we're focused on all the moderate gun safety things, gun safety, and it's really great, and it's not going to affect law-abiding gun owners, it's not going to affect any of that stuff. This is why we could join together with the right stealers, you know, the, the takers of liberty, the Democrats, and join in with them. Well, Biden was giddy signing this. It was a gift from the rhinos to him. And the reason he was so giddy about signing it, the reason he loved it so much and all the anti-gun groups were singing its praises is because it is a terrible piece of gun control that goes at our gun rights. And now we're seeing the fruits of it. So utilizing the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, Biden has, in fact, uh, used it to defund the very long, <clears throat> very long-standing scholastic archery and hunter education programs. That's right. The language in the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act is now being used to remove from schools hunter education and archery programs. And this is just a typical example of how you give an inch, they take a mile, and all we got out of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act was less rights. We, as gun owners, did not gain a thing in that bill. Gained nothing. 
There's so many pro-rights things that they could have and should have done, things begging to get done. National reciprocity. How about funding, relief from disabilities so good people could get their rights back again? How about just a whole host of pro-gun men? Oh, not a thing. It was all anti. It was all things that cost us liberty. And now we're seeing the fruits of it, and you see the defunding of hunter safety and archery programs in schools. And think of how important having these things in schools are. And they talk about gun safety. I mean, think of the irony and just the flat-out lies by the antis when they say, oh, the bipartisan safer community was a gun safety law. You know, that's their code. It's gun safety law. And what does their gun safety law do? It removes gun safety programs from schools. Isn't that cute? And, of course, when you have actual gun safety, not Democrat talking point, anti-gun in sheep and, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing laws, talking about gun safety, but actual gun safety programs, then that's a good thing. And it gives youth uh, good training and experience so they can safely handle firearms and enjoy the outdoors with hunting and archery and shooting sports and develop that interest. And of course the antis want to kill that. Of course it's what they want to do. And this rhino achievement has helped them to accomplish their goals of mind control and limiting exposure to youth to what we all love, and that's firearms, shooting, hunting, etc. And this abuse by Biden is his M.O., right? I mean, think about all these administrative actions he's done, whether it's the pistol brace ban or the frame and receiver rule or all these things where there's no legislation but it gets done by executive action and administration. And that's, yet here, they're taking this legislation with the rhino say, this was never our intent. It was never our intent. Well, you gave them the ability to now take action through the department, through the agencies, through the education department to defund these very things. So that's one, just one impact of this dangerous rhino action but that bipartisan gun control bill anti-2a bill let's call it what it is isn't stopping there because uh biden is going to make his campaign one of his major platform major move of his campaign is pushing anti-second amendment anti-rights laws he's going to push it They've gotten together with, uh, you know, Bloom Turd and Soros and all the moneyed folks and the anti-gun groups that they all fund, and they're all back in Biden, back in their man, and he's planning a rollout, folks, 
a rollout that's going to take place in 24, prior to the election, where they're going to use another part of this bipartisan gun rights death bill. They're going to use it against us, and here's how. Because they changed in the bill, in the law now, they changed the definition of what is a gun dealer. The definition for when somebody is needing an FFL. You see, previously in the law, it said that you need an FFL when you're engaged in a course of trade or business buying and reselling firearms with the principal objective of livelihood and profit, okay? However, this bipartisan law removed the livelihood element from the law. Now remember, that definition was a huge fight to get that definition in in FOPA, in the Firearm Owners Protection Act. And remember, with FOPA, which had some very good things in it, like interstate transport of firearms and other things that were good, even though that is also the law where we paid a price, and the price we paid was ending the new manufacture of machine guns, right? The Hughes Amendment was attached to that. But but keep in mind, this bipartisan bill didn't get us a damn thing, and yet it removed one of the hard-fought protections that was originally in FOPA about the livelihood element in the definition of an FFL. And you say, well, why is that so important? Well, the reason it's so important is now it's simply about buying and selling for profit, just profit. It's not about livelihood. It's just about profit. So if you have, as a private citizen, a firearm that you sell for profit, oh, well, you need an FFL, according to Biden. And although this hasn't formally been released yet, the, the understanding that's out there is Biden's going to limit the individual's ability to sell by limiting it to five guns. If you sell more than five guns, then they're going to consider you to be an unlawful firearms dealer and that you're going to need to follow all the federal law, including getting an FFL. I mean, what if somebody just wants to sell off their collection? What if this individual has inherited guns and wants to sell some? I mean, there's so many scenarios. Nope. They're going to turn more law-abiding citizens into criminals by abusing by agency and administrative rule and administrative guideline, the way Biden has classically done it, so that there's no 
legislation, which is how laws are supposed to be done, needed, and go at individuals, and they're going to sell it as UBC, Universal Background Check. You see, his sell of this is, oh, no, we're going to mandate that we get rid of private sales and that in their effort to do this, they say, we're going to now get background checks on every sale, and to do it, we're going to criminalize private citizens that have the nerve of wanting to sell one of their privately owned guns and make a profit. And so again, the bipartisan bill screwing gun rights, screwing gun owners, and allowing for abuse by this vicious anti-gunner who is currently our president. And this is what it does, folks. It opens the door. So any gun law that, however moderate they're trying to sell it, however much they hide it with gun safety laws or bipartisan or whatever, you can guarantee that it's going to be used and abused to further screw you and me out of our gun rights. And this is a classic example of that. And you know the battle continues. And of course, it is a fight nationally and stateside. And in New Jersey, it is critical that you belong to our number one state gun rights organization, which is the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They have a full-time paid lobbyist in Trenton. They're the folks that are litigating, as we speak, in federal court on the carry killer anti-civil rights bill signed into law by Murphy, litigating the assault, so-called assault firearm ban and large capacity magazine ban. They're being challenged and fought. And as we speak, some very, very important things are taking place. I can't speak to you about them right now, not allowed. We're, uh, we're put in a top secret mode, but in uh, very shortly, hopefully by next show, I'll be able to tell you about some really great news, great work done by the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. So make sure you join. They have a fantastic newsletter. You get the updates. Go to anjrpc.org org and become a member and become part of the solution for over 30 years attorney evan knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people that's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of america's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights justice and freedom an unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. 
Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Gun Lawyer because we are number one. That's right. Feedspot, I'm so proud of this, took a look and rated the top 20 gun rights podcasts in the world. And this show, Gun Lawyer, was number one. And it's you, my listeners, that make it number one. And I so appreciate that. It gives us this great voice to get the word out and getting the word out is becoming tougher and tougher for anyone involved in second amendment and one of our great sponsors which is we shoot which is a top of the line indoor range in lakewood where they're having just a terrible time of it they are getting jammed by fascist book. That's right. Fascist book is screwing their, you know, there are a bunch of mother zuckers over there at fascist book. And they're going at We Shoot, who has done nothing wrong. They have followed the rules. They have done everything correct, but they are a gun range. And they love the Second Amendment like you and me. And fascist book, well, that's another story with them. So let me tell you, if you get a chance, it would really be great if you go to the Facebook page for We Shoot, which is We Shoot USA, and hit like. And the same, go to their Instagram page, which is We Shoot Experience. And at Twitter which is We Shoot USA, go there, show Meta and uh, that Mother Zucker there, show them that we are united and we care about our ranges. We care about not just the Second Amendment, but our First Amendment rights to talk about the Second Amendment. I mean, this is really some incredible times when... A constitutionally protected right is hammered and restricted from First Amendment discussion. It's a constitutional right. And fascist book needs to change their ways. So please show your support for We Shoot in the social media realm. Check out their website as well, which is at weshootusa.com. It's a great range there in Ocean, in Lakewood, and you can uh, have easy access. Our ranges uh, 
are like our churches for gun rights. And you need a place to shoot, you need a place, and without places to shoot, how are we going to exercise effectively our Second Amendment rights? So make sure you stop by at We Shoot and help them out here in the battle with social media. Speaking of social media, my book, the New Jersey Gun Law book, 25th anniversary, has been getting a lot of a lot of attention because it is the book that explains New Jersey gun law. It's the Bible of New Jersey gun law. It's over 500 pages. It explains over 120 topics in question and answer. If you're a gun owner in New Jersey, it's really a must-have, and I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. It was a labor of love for me to write it, folks. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours. But it's the only thing out there that truly explains to the best I could with 35 plus years of practicing New Jersey gun law under my belt, explaining this wacky state matrix of gun law so that you don't turn into a criminal and get disenfranchised of your Second Amendment rights by the traps and absurdities that New Jersey law presents. So you can get a copy of my book, go right online, go right to my website, evannappin.com, and you'll see the big orange book there. Click it, get yourself a copy, and then make sure you scan the front of the book because scan that QR code and you get to subscribe for free to the subscriber portal that has all the updates that I, within 24 hours of law changes, cases coming down, attorney general opinions, any kind of thing that affects our rights, you're going to know about it. So you stay current and up to date. That's the magic of it. So take advantage of it, stay smart, and jump on that. And this really brings me to seeing what I, lately there's been a lot of cases in my office involving, unfortunately, good old assault firearms. Now, I call them assault firearms because New Jersey law officially calls them assault firearms. That's right. Can you believe the state took a propaganda term and made it an actual law term, an actual defined thing in New Jersey law. However, their definition sucks because their definition is a virtual impossibility to completely understand because it's so convoluted. It's one of the worst written criminal definitions of anything under criminal law, not just gun law. It's a very complex five-part definition. The first part is a list of 67 guns on a list and then under that, it's any gun that is substantially identical to any gun on the list. What the hell does substantially identical even mean? I mean, substantial means almost. Identical means exact. What does almost exact mean? How are you supposed to know if your gun is almost exactly a gun on the list? You have to know every gun on the list and then know what almost exactly even means. Good luck with that. That's why, originally, when I challenged the law in a case called State v. Merle, it was found unconstitutional for vagueness. That's right, vagueness. When a law is so vague that individuals cannot understand it and are able to comply with it, the law is unconstitutional. 
But what happened was further challenged by a gun rights group in New Jersey, which led to a federal challenge on it. Well, that's where the attorney general stepped in and said, hey, I'm going to define for all of us what substantially identical means. And he did it by promulgating the attorney general guidelines, the 1996 attorney general guidelines. And what, what do those guidelines do? Well, the guidelines lay out the explanation of substantially identical. And all the attorney general did then was adopt the 1994 federal assault firearm, actually the feds called assault weapon, the federal assault weapon definition, and by adopting it, he made it New Jersey law. And what's really crazy about that, if you really think about it, is he defined a law passed in 1990 that became effective in 1991 with guidelines that are based on the 1994 federal assault weapon ban. Isn't it incredible how our legislators knew in 1990 that their undefined term of substantially identical would later be defined by the federal government four years later? Boy, that's a hell of a crystal ball. They must have had to know that. Well, that's what we've been stuck with ever since is essentially New Jersey lives under the 1994 federal assault weapon ban. But that ban went away in 2004 because it was sunset federally. It ended. And you see, the antis set this end date in there because every 10 years they wanted to have the joyful experience of passing another assault weapon ban that they could milk for everything it's worth. The only problem was it blew up in their face when they haven't been able to pass a second one since, thank God. And so it's been dead since 1994 on the Fed side. But, of course, they're clamoring to still do it. And if uh, Biden gets in, Democrats take control, you can basically be guaranteed that we're going to see the ugly head of a new so-called assault weapon ban, that'll be even more comprehensive, more intrusive, stealing our guns, our gun rights, and making uh, even grandfathering something that probably will not be uh, part of the bill, or if it is, it'll be highly restricted. So these are the dangers that are lurking. But, you know, New Jersey's assault firearm law is still on the books, and it's insanely serious. Conviction for possession of an assault firearm in New Jersey carries up to 10 years in state's prison. But what's even worse is it has a minimum mandatory three and a half years, no chance of parole. That's right, folks. Three and a half years, no chance of parole, which means you're going to do every day of three and a half years in state's prison if you get convicted of possessing an assault firearm. Remember, this assault firearm law is very arbitrary. It's very bizarre in its matrix of what constitutes 
an assault firearm or not. And if we just focus for a moment on the Attorney General guidelines, well, the Attorney General's guideline puts out certain features that make a semi-automatic rifle that uses a detachable magazine into magically into an assault firearm, you see. And what the guidelines say is you can't have more than one offending feature. You're allowed one, but not more than one. So what are the list of offending features that suddenly turn a firearm from a modern sporting rifle into a draconian penalty that will put you in state prison for a minimum of three and a half years? What are these things? Well, number one, a pistol grip. Now, most modern sporting rifles have a pistol grip. And if it has one more feature that's offending, then guess what? You have an assault firearm. And what are those other features? A telescoping, telescoping butt stock, you know, like an M4 type telescoping stock or a folding stock. Or a bayonet lug. Or a flash suppressor, flash hider. Or a threaded muzzle. Or, of course, the, the, the number one fan favorite, a grenade launcher. If you have a grenade launcher on your gun, that's an offending feature, too. So those features, if you have more than one on a semi-automatic rifle that uses a detachable magazine, you've got an assault firearm. And I see false wrong charges all the time. Just take, for example, a rifle that commonly does have a grenade launcher on it, the Yugoslavian SKS. That's right. A lot of those Yugos, man, have grenade launchers. Well, wait a minute. Is that an assault firearm under Jersey law? No, it's not because it doesn't take a detachable magazine. It uses a fixed magazine, so it doesn't even get out of the box. It's fine. You can have your Yugo with a grenade launcher. You can't have grenades, of course. That's a whole other problem. But that grenade launcher doesn't make that Yugo SK into an assault firearm. Well, Ev, wait a minute. I see on the list it says SKS on the list. SKS. Yes, it says SKS with detachable magazine. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten false SKS charges where they say, oh, it's on the list. Look. And I said, no, it's not. That's not the detachable mag version. That's a fixed 10-round mag, which doesn't even get out of the box on that one. But you see, that's just a couple examples of how screwy the assault firearm law is. And with the new bail reform law, if you're charged with an assault firearm, you're going in the gun owner gulag, which we've discussed on prior shows. So this whole assault firearm issue in Jersey and how the Biden folks want to make it another centerpiece of their 2024 push it's a disaster. It's a nightmare. It turns law-abiding citizens into criminals. New Jersey is a shining example of just how stupid, ineffective, and dangerous to law-abiding citizens the assault firearm law is and how we are rooting for our association to win the litigation pending in federal court and finally get rid of this onerous and disgusting law. And I believe with the power of Bruin, we're going to be able to do it, the power of the Bruin decision. 
We'll be there, and when it happens, we'll be talking about it. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.